This podcast is intended to provide general information about various recent developments in employment law and human resources best practices. Nothing in this presentation or in the comments of Ms. Johnson, Ms. Shannon, or any guest should be considered as the rendering of legal or other professional advice, and it is not directed at any specific cases or circumstances. Listeners are responsible for obtaining the necessary advice about their specific situations from their own counsel. These materials are intended for educational and informational purposes only. The presentation and these materials represent the opinions of the participants and not those of their law firms or companies. No part of these materials may be printed, photocopied, or otherwise reproduced, recorded, or stored, or transmitted in any form and by any means, electronic, mechanical, or otherwise, without the prior written permission of today's workplace podcast. Welcome to today's workplace, a podcast created to keep employers current on the latest employment law trends while providing proactive solutions to the everyday issues arising in today's rapidly changing workplace. Is your business prepared for today's workplace? Let's find out with your hosts, Barbara Johnson and Belinda Reed Shannon. During our last episode, we had a great discussion with Philip Berry and John Michael Payne on how to create and sustain effective diversity, equity, and inclusion programs. Today, we continue our discussion of effective DEI programs and have the opportunity to speak with Allison Nelson from Ford Motor Company. Allison graduated with honors from Michigan State University College of Law and Michigan State University uh, with her Bachelor's of Arts degree. She received her diversity and inclusion certification from Cornell University. Allison is a career Ford Motor Company lawyer who joined the DEI office in January 2021 as the Director of DEI Strategies and Program Planning. She is leading the company's holistic diversity, equity, and inclusion governance. Prior to joining the DEI office, Alice was managing counsel in the Office of General Counsel responsible for OSHA, dealer, vehicle programs, and work experience matters. Allison was also a co-chair of the Office of General Counsel's Diversity Committee and continues to spearhead the development and launch of Ford's Law Career Academy, a high school program developed to attract more students of color to law as a career. Allison also has extensive bar association experience. She was a member of the ABA Board of Governors, National Bar Association Board of Governors, and the National Bar Institute Board of Directors. She is also past president of the Wolverine Bar Association, which is an NBA affiliate. Allison has received several awards for her commitment to diversity, including the Wolverine Bar Association Trailblazer Award and the National Bar Association Presidential Award. She was honored in March 2016 as Alumni of the Year by the Black Law Students Association chapter at Michigan State University Law School. She is also a frequent speaker on rainmaking, diversity, and various litigation-related topics. She is a member of Faith Experience Church in Detroit, Michigan, and participates in pro bono programs and other community activities, including raising $500,000 for the annual Detroit Walk United Negro College Fund fundraiser. Allison was recently honored as one of Crane's Detroit 2021 Notable Women in the Law. 
Welcome to today's workplace, Allison. Well, thank you, Belinda. It's my pleasure to be here with you and Barbara today. Yes, it is very good to have you. Thank you for being here. We've heard your bio, but before we start talking about the industry, tell us a little more about your professional background and the kinds of work you've done with Ford Motor Company. Well, as uh, Belinda was alluding to, I am a Ford Motor Company lifer, as we refer to it. Um, I uh, started at Ford uh, straight out of law school, having spent uh, the summer of my second year there. And I have worked in a broad range of different litigation arenas. I've also done environmental work. I've done product liability, uh, commercial uh, you name it. Uh, I didn't do asbestos or, or traditional employment, but I have done a broad range of uh, mostly litigation, uh, protecting the company's interests, as well as advising on various legal matters. And it sounds as if you have a new and exciting role with Ford. So tell us um, about your current role and its scope of responsibility. Uh, sure. Um, so uh, the while I talked about what I did as a lawyer um, from a substantive standpoint, one of the other things that I led uh, throughout my time in our legal department was our diversity initiatives. Uh, Many years it focused primarily externally on outside council diversity, but about five years ago, we shifted the focus to uh, three pillars, uh, external, internal and the pipeline, which is the high school program uh, that Belinda mentioned in the introduction. And so I did a lot of sponsorship, for example, with outside counsel, uh, getting them developed, trained and helping them you know, make the pathway to become partners in a lot of law firms. Um, and just also just spent a lot of time just personally investing in DEI. And it was a result of the work that I had done in our legal office that this opportunity to join our DEI office opened up and it's a newly created position uh, that I stepped into. So, um, and I know we'll talk about this a little more, but as a result of all of the events of 2020 from with COVID and then the murder of George Floyd led to a lot of DEI initiatives, um, including a lot of effort around DEI govern governance. And so that is what I'm leading now. So, but it really was based on my, my uh, the work that I had done through the legal department and my passion and commitment to, to DEI. Allison, with, with your um, background with Ford Motor Company and now moving into a role where you're helping it usher it into uh, the DEI efforts that it needs for today, we're really interested in knowing first a little bit more about uh, Ford Motor Company because it, it represents a very mature company in a mature industry that employs thousands of people around the world. And so I think we want to hear a little bit about that to give us some context for uh, the actual work that you're doing at Ford. Uh, sure. So, you know, it's interesting to pivot from the practice of law uh, to go to our global DEI office and, and being part of an auto industry, which is uh, now a hugely a technology industry as well. 
But just like the legal profession is um, not very diverse, um, so the same is with the auto industry. It's not very diverse. Um, it is highly populated um, by men, and in particular, white men. And you know, when I think about some of the numbers, they they really mirror a lot of the same um, race and ethnic ethnicity and gender breakout that you would see in the legal profession. Um, so it is with that backdrop and, um, you know, really uh, focusing on advancing opportunities for women and, and people of color and underrepresented um, people within the legal profession and now within the overall company on a global basis. So. It, it's so it's it's really interesting to see just that parallel and and the and how the demographics break out. Well, Allison, you've let us know that you've worked for Ford for more than a minute. <laughs> and uh, based on that, um, we'd like to know what you have observed about Ford's approach to diversity over the years and what led you to shift lanes from that of a lawyer on the business side to now leading diversity? Uh, yes, so um, for the, the bulk of my career, the diversity efforts that I was aware of and spent a lot of time working on obviously was through our legal department and uh, Ford had always had a very robust um, supplier diversity uh, in within our purchasing, purchasing department and the Ford Motor Company Fund has always done a significant amount of things within uh, the various uh, communities, particularly the Black and Hispanic uh, and other communities. And so I was very much aware of the things that we were doing externally um, and, and you know doing very phenomenal jobs. Um, but in terms of uh, internal diversity, while we've always had programs and commitment to diversity, our, our uh, diversity office is fairly new. Um, it was, um, we'd had one, I wanna say maybe about 10 or 15 years ago. Um, and then um, we didn't have, that went away. And really each organization within the company, each skill team uh, was really focused on, you know, advancing diversity, uh, you know, setting their own objectives. Overall, the company was committed to it and, and, you know, obviously always done the affirmative action planning and focused on those issues. But it was probably about three to four years ago, um, Ford uh, planted another uh, diversity uh, office and uh, put in place a chief diversity officer. And, um, you know, at that point, it was a pretty small group you know, doing internal assessments and really uh, trying to understand what some of the different um, teams was already doing. Uh, we've always had very strong employee resource groups. Mm -hmm. um, our uh, Ford African Ancestry Network, which is our Black Employees Network, just celebrated its 40th anniversary. Mm -hmm. um, so it's our oldest uh, employee resource group. So a, a lot of the efforts came from um, our ERGs in terms of focusing on whether it was the black employees or the Hispanic employees. They did a lot of, um, of that networking and uplifting uh, through the ERGs and then those ERGs interfacing with leadership. And so by 
pulling in and creating the diversity office, it really was a, um, a central uh, point for not only for, for employees, but also for all of the ERGs to be able to come together and really be focused on what they're doing and uh, also trying to uh, make sure there's a lot of intersectionality, making sure that there was you know collaboration among the ERGs as well as collaborating across the different um, skill teams within the company uh, to avoid duplication and whatnot. And then we've always done just a ton of STEM programs because we are a you know heavily uh, uh, employer of engineers, people with science, technology, and engineering and math backgrounds. So we've always led in those, but it's been siloed. And so really the, the bringing the office back together was really a way to focus and, and really understand everything the company was doing because we were doing a lot of stuff. We just weren't connecting all the dots and really having a good framework on everything that was going on in the company. That's very interesting. And thank you for that background, Allison. Um, we have a lot of curiosity about how diversity and inclusion plays out in a large global company like Ford. Um, you know, so how do you approach setting standards and policies that can actually result in achievement of your DNI goals? Yeah, so, um, and, I'll, and I'll touch on what Barbara had also asked me, why did I uh, pivot from the legal department to go to the DEI office? So one of the things that um, happened um, as a result of COVID and the murder of George Floyd that Ford did, that I'm extremely proud of, um, Ford decided to do a DEI audit um, and launched a DEI audit uh, last year for it. The, that audit was US-based and for salaried employees because we have a lot of hourly employees, but it focused on really understanding the experience. It started out wanting to really understand the experience of Black employees, um, but the audit uh, went beyond just the experience of Black employees. It really was understanding, you know, what our, where our bright spots were and where uh, there was work to do. And it was really as a result of that audit that really helped shape what our DEI objectives and focus is now, um, because it really is, you know, moving and advancing DEI based on the feedback from our employees, and where, um, you know, making sure people feel like they belong and they're included, um, and also, you know, looking at where there was a lot more work to do to um, increase you know, the diversity under in certain leadership ranks and things like that. But it was really the audit that was done. And I know that was, you know, for me, I felt like that was really a bold move from a, a co company the size of Ford Motor Company. And uh, we hired a um, we hired a company to come in and conduct the audit. So this was not an internal uh, employees conduct an audit. We had a third party come in and, and do the audit for us. Um, and they interviewed a lot of employees at a lot of listening sessions and did a lot of work that really, and it was very candid uh, about where the company was. So there were some things that we were doing great, um, but obviously there was a lot of work that needed to be done. So for Ford, 
that is how we have set our DEI objectives and what we're doing to move ourselves forward um, uh, to really making sure we're addressing the real concern raised by the employee base. And did that audit cover your entire global organization? Uh, no. So the audit that we did last year was for U.S. salaried employees. Um, this year, we are conducting additional audits um, globally, mm -hmm. um, and as well as with our hourly uh, workforce, because you know obviously the the challenges, as well as expectations, will be different among all those different bases. And then, as as you can appreciate, with a global company. Uh, the term diversity uh, means something different here in the U.S. than it does uh, in Europe or Asia or in South America. And so um, uh, there may be different things that, that are measured in, in those places than, than what's here. Um, so especially ethnicity is, is different right. globally. Could you tell us a little more about um, the audit? I think that's fascinating. I've, I've heard the term audit. I've heard the term organizational assessment. But could you tell us a little more about what it included? You mentioned um, interviewing um, employees through, I assume, focus groups. But what else was part of this audit that um, was used to inform what your DNI goals are? Yeah, so um, there certainly were focus groups. There was one-on-one -on -one interviews with um, employees. There were a lot of listening sessions that included the leaders. Um, and by leaders, I mean officers. And it was looking at some of the policies that we had. Uh, they spent time talking to our employee resource groups and, and understanding what uh, from their uh, perception, what some of the challenges as well as where help was needed for those particular demographics. And so uh, there were pulse surveys and, and the results of those surveys and, and seeing how, you know, how the, basically how one department may have scored uh, based on to really measure inclusion and belonging and to get the feedback from the, the, the folks that worked in a particular, on a particular team. So during the, so the, it included a survey um, with a lot of uh, pulse related, but really focusing on belonging and inclusion um, and diversity. And, and so, but really did a good job. The company really did a good job of soliciting candid feedback. And I think a lot of people felt really safe um, to share, uh, honestly. And I don't know, uh, for me, I think part of it was um, after George Floyd was murdered and when companies started asking employees, how did you feel or asking for input? I think some of us felt very liberated and bold and was just tired of what we had been experiencing. And we're at a point where we just told the truth and, um, and was no longer felt uh, uncomfortable or um, or were concerned that if we, you know, uh, any of the stigmas I think that were associated in the past with, you know, black people or people of color or women, I think people just at that point was just so tired that they got a lot of honest uh, feedback and there were, you know, people that were willing to speak up. Sure, there were some that still were apprehensive 
and may have chosen not to speak up, but there was no um, lack of employees that were willing to share real experiences. So it was through all of that. And then the evaluation that was done uh, by the third party uh, to provide the assessment and, uh, and to rate us. And then also just looking at you know, what tools and measures that we really need to put in place to, to help address some of the major concerns so that we can continue to uh, advance and really create a place uh, where people feel like they belong. That's, um, that's fascinating. And I think the company should be commended not only for having the willingness to do the audit, but to act on it. Because I've seen other yeah. situations where companies do audits, do organizational assessment. It's like, oh, we don't know what to do with this and nothing happens. But it's um, commendable that it appears that you're you are taking action as a result of, of what you found. Yeah, absolutely. As a matter of fact, one of the things that um, well, there were a couple of things that came out of it, and we had about nine action items that we were focusing on initially, um, a monthly uh, CEO-led DEI forum uh, that is comprised of the executive leadership team. And so that's one of the things that I support in my role. Um, so every month, our um, CEO and the executive leadership team, we're discussing something that is related uh, to DEI and what help we need from them and how what they need to do to support it. Um, but in addition to that, I will say that I am really appreciative of our CEO, um, Jim Farley. And at that time when the audit was done, Jim Hackett and certainly Bill Ford. Um, but I have you know, come to really appreciate Jim Farley and he really, he has, he's, he meets one-on-one -on -one with the, each ERG, our employee resource groups, you know, to understand, you know, what is front of mind for them and how he can support that. And so, you know, Barbara, you mentioned that some companies have conducted audits or some say that they are focused on um, diversity, but they really aren't. And we all know that a lot of it it really has to come from the top if you're going to see meaningful change and see things really happen. And I have seen, you know, Jim Farley really step up and, and do that. In addition to my position, there was another position that was created was for a race and equity uh, director who's part of our office. And so um, one of my colleagues now um, is focused on that and she's spending a lot of time uh, really looking at the culture, looking at the language, um, and really focusing on how we, you know, change the narrative just in using using language, and um, and also getting involved and in, in staying connected on our race and equity issues. And so that was one of the other things. And one of the other programs that I am uh, in the process of building out is a sponsorship program that is focused on our women and uh, employees of color, uh, particularly our black and Hispanic employees um, and, and really starting there. But, but as the program advances, it really will help all underrepresented, underserved employees. And so, uh, but really wanna make sure that we know that people get to where they are because they had a sponsor. It may not have been official informal relationship and we know that uh, data shows not only women but people of color and particularly you know women of color 
are the least likely to be sponsored. And we know that that is a major pathway to leadership. And so um, we are, uh, will be launching a pilot this year um, with the expectation that that will become a corporate wide program. So, and there are a number of other initiatives that we have underway. I can tell you that all of our officers have DEI objectives um, this year. Mm -hmm. So, um, so there are a number of things that we have going. And so, you know, having spent my entire career at Ford, it hasn't always been an easy pathway, particularly for um, a woman of color. And, uh, but I will tell you that I am, you know, really proud of where Ford is now. It's a lot of work to do. It's not something that every change isn't gonna happen overnight. And we know that it, this is a uh, marathon, not a sprint. And, mm -hmm. you know, and, and we also know that there are others that we have to bring along in the journey to make sure that they appreciate that this isn't about shifting and taking opportunities away from them. This is about putting equity in the system so that regardless of race or gender um, or any other um, uh, demographic that uh, people are being promoted and elevated based on the fact that they're the best candidate. And that's what we're really focusing on trying to get uh, and implant that across our business. You mentioned bringing others along. Are you seeing backlash? from um, some employees as far as the initiatives that are being um, put into place? And if so, what are you doing to alleviate those fears along the line that people, something is being taken away as opposed to something being given to all? Yeah, um, we haven't experienced a, a ton of backlash, but you know, as I started out saying, that the auto industry is similar to the legal profession that is 70% male um, and, you know, and also predominantly white male. So, um, you know, when you start putting equities in place and, and, and knowing that you have to uh, uh, create opportunities to help women and, and people of color advance, um, you know that some will think that you're taken away from me. Um, you know, this person's going to get this job now because they're a woman or because they're a black woman or because they're a Hispanic male. Um, and so we have to make sure that we are bringing everyone along on the journey. And part of it is being as transparent as we can be mm -hmm. um, and, and um, making sure everyone understands you know, where we are and where we need to be. Uh, each of our, we call them skill teams, but each of our, um, of our uh, teams within the company um, got audit results based on their particular skill team. So the legal department had uh, its own audit results and, and feedback based on, on the legal department purchasing, et cetera, et cetera. And so, so we have the high level with each officer having DEI objectives, but each skill team also um, would, you know, reported out to their team, you know, what the outcome was for the audit and where they had work to do and, and have action plans that they're putting in place to help move things forward. Um, and so I had an opportunity to, to work with our legal department, for example, um, looking at uh, the feedback from there. And I know that they're working 
on some objectives and have gotten the team involved um, so that anyone who wanted to volunteer could help shape, you know, what the workplace would look like, what inclusion looks like, and just really to address the concerns that may have been unique to the legal department or to purchasing or to some other organization. So we have the high level objectives, but it really also trickled down to each individual uh, activity so that the specific concerns for those work groups were also being addressed. All right. That That's outstanding. Thank you, <laughs> Thank Thanks, you. Allison. My pleasure. You've been listening to today's Workplace with Barbara Johnson and Belinda Reed Shannon. If you like what you heard, click subscribe so you don't miss out on future updates and episodes. For more information about today's episode, check out todaysworkplace.com. That's T-O-D-A-Y-S-W-O-R-K-P-L-A-C-E dot com.